Yeah, I love to try to tell because there's a lot of people that have that same fear, right? A lot of them are saying, well, I would do it, but my family may think this or my family doesn't want mm -hmm. this. But I, I look at it like this. You know, if you eat oatmeal every day, sooner or later it's going to taste bland, but you know it's good for you, right? So the people around you, they're used to you. You might be kind of, your vision and ambition, if you've been doing it for a long time, might be kind of bland to them. But that's okay, right? You still have to go on. And I guarantee everybody that's listening, no entrepreneur gave a damn what somebody else thought about them if they wanted to be successful. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glasby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glasby. And welcome to the Military Cash Flow. Today, we have Brittany, the host. The YouTube personality, YouTube extraordinaire, also on uh, a military officer. Uh, she talks a lot about uh, financial, um, financial freedom and, and other things that you can do as a service member or just in general um, to, to help your financial situation, right? So Brittany, would you mind introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from? Hey guys, I'm Brittany Daniel, Captain Daniel. Uh, I go by Brittany the host online. I have for about five years now, which is an interesting story. We'll get into that. But I make digital content online, mostly on YouTube, Instagram. Um, I'm a social media head, if you can say that. And I've just been doing it for five years, doing military and having a social media presence for the last five years, and trying to make it work every day. I know that's right. And that's awesome. One thing I love about, so usually we're always talking real estate, right? Usually, I mean, this is, you know, we're always talking real estate, but Hey, the name is military cash flow, right? So we're talking about other streams of uh, ways to make money and you are doing that. You're a perfect example of that. And I uh, like to like to kind of highlight some of the things that you're doing, obviously social media, but um, uh, maybe there's other people out there that could use some side hustles or other ways to bring in cash flow. And it's relatively passive, right? I mean, your sleep people are still watching your videos you're still getting money from from the ad stream so can you speak to some of that yeah so i encourage anybody with a business to get on youtube um it's a great way to leverage your reach it's a great way to leverage your brand and it's also like you said a way a way to make passive income i still make money on videos i made three years ago um people love tips people love information and so like with real estate sorry y'all that's my little baby sorry <laughs> with real estate it's a great way to highlight your properties give people tips if they want to be in real estate i highly recommend people to jump on youtube and um, expand their portfolio and then also help your search engine optimization. I went to something very recently with a lot of people in the social media space and I was very surprised of how many people have not yet branched into YouTube. And for me, it's the only way that you can make residual income. You can do podcasting as well, which I also have a podcast, but it, it I'm, I'm, I make money every month from YouTube. Oh. Just off of like i haven't made a video in a while and i'm still making money so i just highly encourage youtube as a a way to leverage that what got you initially like what sparked the idea for youtube great question mike hey hey <laughs> so i was on active duty 
absolutely hated it. I am not a whole whole girl. I just kind of Mike, me and Mike met in ROTC mm-hmm. and I had no idea what ROTC was. I didn't know that when you went into ROTC, you became an officer, then you went active duty. I legit just wanted a job after I graduated and people talked me into it because it was like, hey, you could get some money. So I was like, cool, bet. So then <laughs> once we graduated, I needed a job because, you know, Mike, we spent so much time focused on military stuff. I didn't get to, um, I actually had to turn down a Walgreens corporate internship uh, this summer. I had to go to LDAC. Mm. And so I was just like, well, I need a job. So I went active duty, hated it, like got mild depression from it. It just wasn't my thing. So one um, four day weekend, I was with a friend, Ashley, she's still in uh, the military. Her name is Captain Watson. And she was doing her makeup one day, like really weird, you know, guys with the contour and all the like, it looks like a tribal situation going on. It's like, what are you doing? And then her makeup came out really, really pretty. She was like, I was like, where'd you learn this? And she said, YouTube. And I was like, what is YouTube? And this was like, 2015. So I was like a late adopter. I had never heard of YouTube. Uh, I wish I would have known in college because I probably would have done it in college. Um, And once I like started going down this rabbit hole of things that women like me were interested in, because you know, on active duty, you're surrounded by men. Nobody cares about makeup, hair. Like I finally found like my tribe and my world of people who like the same things I liked. And then I just had to go for it. So I, I got a Best Buy gift, uh, not a Best Buy gift card, Best Buy credit card, bought all of my equipment. And I've been doing it ever since. Like I just, I just fell in love with the space. That's pretty much how I got into YouTube. So you were at a point where you felt, you felt trapped almost in whatever capacity that you want to mention, but you found your own escape. And yeah, that was my at that escape. point in time was you too. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, on active duty, you're surrounded by people that don't look like you. Half the time, not your gender. They're into like World War II stuff. And no shade to anybody out there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a patriot. Love I'll America. Say, wait, I'll say, wait a minute now. <laughs> wait a minute now. <laughs> As a girl, you know, that's just not my judge. And I was tired of faking it. I was tired of putting on a mask or putting on a personality that just wasn't me. And I found with YouTube, uh, a space where I felt like, oh my gosh, my people are right, right there. They're just, you know, not physically with me, so. Mm. Okay. That's- yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's super interesting. I think there's a lot of, a lot of uh, service members that are out there that are, that are very like-minded. Uh, maybe they got into the military with a certain, um, with a certain mindset, thinking that it was going to, it was going to go a certain way. But then once you actually experience it, it's kind of, it's, you know, it might be different than what, what they initially thought. So, um, but it's interesting that you were able to take that and then build something from it. Like, all right, I'm going to take this. Yes. I, I might not be uh, super comfortable where I'm at right now. And I want to, I might not be where I want to be at right now, but Hey, what's the, uh, what's the outlet? What can I do to, to make the situation a little better? And you found YouTube um, and, and podcasting as well. So, uh, can you can you one give us a shout out of your uh, of your actual podcast channel and then some of the things that you kind of talk about? Okay, so everything, all my social media is Brittany the host. I go um, so mainly like my YouTube is about adulting, kind of like I help young adults live better lives by adulting. Meaning, um, one day I was doing a budget. I was in New York on on my GI Bill in grad school and. I was just like, nobody taught me how to do this. So I was like, I bet there's people out there that want to learn how to do this too. So that's how I got the idea of just sharing basic, like adulting skills, like how to buy your first car, how to get an apartment, how to um, budget and save. Very simple, very simple way to do it. And it kind of six months later took off and became like a little niche for me. 
but I noticed on YouTube, like once you're niche driven, it's very hard to expand. And I'm a very expressive person. I love to give advice and talk about different things. So my podcast became an outlet to just talk to my audience about a little uh, things that are more personal. I can be a little bit more long winded. You know, YouTube is very to the point. People don't have all day for videos. So I talk about just mainly it's very interesting. I get very personal on my podcast, but I just try to give um, people tips or I, I feel like I'm the catalyst to an idea. So maybe your confidence was low and I give you tips on how to do that and go research. Or I have one about how not to be a sheep. You know, we get all this stuff in social media where one person will say something and everyone's like, yeah. And they just like tiki torch and like go for the hills off of one person. I said, do your research, you know, think for yourself. So I talk about a plethora of things, but mainly like love, career, money, like just like things that women go through or people go through. I love, I, and I might be wrong, but you're, you're just basically speaking about your experiences and your insight. And then you're connecting with other people who are experiencing some of the same things. Am I right? Yes. So it, it's beautiful because you have some, it's, it's essentially an outlet. To me, it sounds almost therapeutic in your way to deal with some of that active duty stuff and you're benefiting everybody else just by expressing it, giving somebody else, you know, uh, something to, to relate to. Yeah, right. That's the one thing I was going to touch on for sure. Um, some of the things that you talked about, because I've been on your channel and I've seen um, a lot of the personal finance stuff that you, that you uh, give out. And I think it's extremely useful information, especially um, for those, it seems like you're speaking to, um, I, I guess, you know, 20 to you said adulting basically so those you know 20 through maybe 27 year oldish um that that niche right and i have a lot of soldiers that fit within that realm that need that information you talked about like buying cars at one point um and, and maybe not going for the most expensive car it just needs to be reliable something getting you from place a to play to from point A to point B, uh, those are the type of things that I think a lot of, uh, especially soldiers, uh, like some of my soldiers, uh, need need to hear. You know, so um, it's really good coming from someone like you that's that's uh, doing well and um, and making it work for themselves. So, thank you. And it's interesting because when I started YouTube. Like, it was a secret. I didn't tell anybody because, you know, the military is okay with us being on social media now. But, uh, like, when we were officers, it was like, your stuff needs to be private. Nobody should be able to find you. I remember when I was in um, Bolick, they brought up, like, people's Facebooks on the thing and said, see how easy it is and, we, and the perception. They kind of freaked us out. So, for the longest, like, I really don't talk about a lot of military things on my channel. Like, I have a few, like, when I wanted to get out um, recently, I have those. But I, I try. It's, it's, it's a very fine line because thank God my leadership thus far who have known. And when I was a company commander last year, I was very transparent about my online business and they were, they were totally okay because I am in the reserves. They were like, well, that's your, then, you know, that's your civilian life. So mm -hmm. we're not going to ask you to stop. And I never did anything derogatory or negative or anything like that. But depending on your leadership, that could make or break your, your social media, um, you know, span um, and you, your outlet. So it, it's been very hard. And then also as an officer, you know, we want to tip, we don't want to, like I had a soldier the other day, cause at this unit, I didn't vo vocalize it. I told everybody in my last unit because I was a commander, people found out. So I was just like very transparent about, Hey, this is what I do. And it was actually turned out very positive, but this go around, I just, I wanted to keep the line separate because, you know, sometimes soldiers can get a little comfortable. You know, you're watching me online and you think that that's the person that you're going to deal with day to day. And so a soldier was like, hey, ma'am, um, I'm trying to gain my subscriber. And I'm like, 
you see my, this isn't, that ain't who you, <laughs> no, this is business. So it's been very hard. And I, sometimes I think that I'll gain a lot more subscribers and a lot more um, eyes on me if I did more military things, but it's just such a, it's, it's a very hard thing to merge because you don't know who's watching you. You know, I'm very public and I am out there a lot. So you don't know who's targeting you, um, especially with everything that we just went through with foreign nations and stuff. You just, it's, it's so hard. I, so I try to keep those lines very separate, but of course, if it's your life, it's always going to merge. So I just tell anybody who's like going to put themselves out there, not, don't care about it so much because it's mo mainly me in my mind that care probably more than just the person that's watching. But, um, you just have to be very confident and know that you just kind of have to have like a, I don't give a crap kind of attitude if you really want to put yourself out there because you, it's, it's hard, man. It's that duality. You, that, the, you touched on a few things. One very particularly is in the military, specifically depending on your unit and everything else, they're very hush hush about your social media. Um, we got a lot of slack. Most of my friends that are still in, um, they'll have fake names and all this other stuff for their social media account. But you also said that, you you kind of you're self-critical of yourself of a lot of your content so was there ever a point where you had fear of getting started maybe you were hesitant like maybe i shouldn't post this maybe i shouldn't pursue this a whole other side hustle and i should just keep doing what i'm doing did you ever absolutely yeah absolutely i think the fear more so came when i started taking it more serious mm -hmm. and i really wanted to be a social media person um, because at first it was just fun. Like at first it was just something I did in my room. I felt like a little teenager, like something I did after work. Um, because I was always in like the entertainment industry in Columbus, I was at Fort Benning. So I was always like out doing things, but at first I wasn't, but for me, it's weird. You know how some people want support from their friends and family. I've never been that person. I've always connected more with strangers. So even knowing you and you're like, Oh, I watched a video. I'm kind of like inside. I used to be like, you know now I'm kind of getting used to people that I know watching my my videos but it would be dope to get a message from a complete stranger versus somebody that I knew so yeah there was a lot of uh, it took a while to be comfortable to say I do YouTube it took a very long time for me to say this is what I do and yeah you go through those stages of fear and thinking like well, what do people think and I've always gotten a lot of positivity from it and I think that that's one thing that we fail to realize as humans is when people connect with you, they're either going to like you or they don't. And yes, there are going to be negative comments and stuff, but I get way more positive comments and way more praise than I do. Like, why are you doing that? Like, I've never had anybody in the military go, you know, actually in my, <laughs> in my command climate survey, somebody did talk shit about it, but uh, <laughs> 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 I got one command climate survey. I've really had nothing but positivity from soldiers, leaders, um, I've never had a, a leader approach me and like, Hey, I think what you're doing is a little, you know, I've never had that. So I think it's just fear. It's just fear that we all have. And you just have to really like grab your kahunas, no shade yep. to gender and just kind of just do it. To be I think honest. that, I think that's crazy. You mentioned something there. Like, um, you, you said you like to, are you feel you're more comfortable having other people, um, basically watch your stuff than you do, you know, looking for support from your family. And I think, I'm sure Mike probably may feel the same way, but I think you actually get more support from strangers than you do the people that actually, that actually know you. It seems like, um, 
people that actually know you will kind of watch your stuff and do stuff but not really do anything to support, you know, or to do anything to like, hey, great job. It's usually those notes and those messages, which I'm sure you've had hundreds of them. Uh, those come from strangers that are like, yeah, man, that's, that's, you know, that, that's great. I love what you're doing, you know, giving you, giving you that type of support. Um, do you find, is that, do you find that uh, to be true? Oh, a hundred percent, but I like it. I, I've never, I don't understand personally why people need that. I guess I've never needed that. Like when I joined the army, I didn't need anybody to tell me, yes, go for it. Uh, I never needed that. And then maybe because of how I grew up, I didn't grow up with like a supportive family. Like they were supportive, like as long as I did well in school, but it wasn't like a, they weren't really hands-on with me. Like once I became 18, they were kind of like, all right, you on your own. And, um, so for me personally, I've never needed that. And honestly, you, if you're giving advice, right, the person who knows you most knows you. So they don't, I feel like I don't need them to watch me online because they know me. And I kind of want those two worlds separate because when that goes off and that goes away and all the praise from strangers goes off, you do want somebody who really knows, like, if you're having a bad day, if you are down about yourself, if you are, um, I don't, I just, it's, it's a weird thing but yeah you get so much support from 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 strangers but I feel like the true support that love that like you know me makeup no makeup you know me video or no video you love me no matter what to me those relationships are more important and I don't care if they support my business because I know they support me as a person and I think that sometimes when we're going after things we kind of blur those lines in my opinion because I don't feel like it's my friends and family's job to support my vision because god gave me that vision and i'm supposed to go after that vision um but it is their job to support the stuff that nobody else can like my heart and my soul my spirit and you know they're supposed to be there in those moments so i just challenge anybody that's struggling with that is like just know you have people that do different things in your life mm -hmm. right like you have the friends that you can go out and party with and you got the friend that you call when you're going through it or you have the friend that you need financial advice from mm -hmm. so for me my friends and family are in the pocket of person and everybody else is kind of outward. Well, I like, that out. Yeah. I love to try to tell, cause there's a lot of people that have that same fear, right? That a lot of them are saying, well, I would do it, but my family may think this, or my family doesn't want mm -hmm. this, but I, I look at it like this. You know, if you eat oatmeal every day, sooner or later, it's going to taste bland, but you know, it's good for you. Right? So the people around you, they're used to you. You might be kind of your vision and ambition. If you've been doing it for a long time, might be kind of bland to them. But that's okay, right? You still have to go on. And I guarantee everybody that's listening, no entrepreneur gave a damn what somebody else thought about them if they wanted to be successful. Right. You have to can't. You can't. Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, all of the other ones, I can't think of them right now. It doesn't matter, man. They did not think of, oh, I, I care that somebody wants me to have a degree. Oh, I care that. No. No, so that's a beautiful statement. And I think that's very impactful that you were able to articulate like that. And then you never know how they support you. Like some of my friend, my family members think I'm famous. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm not famous. You know, you'll get that like, oh, my cousin's famous. She's like, so I'll hear support like at family functions. And it's still weird to me. They go, oh, we got a famous YouTuber in the family. Yeah. But I always say people, <laughs> first they laugh, then they follow. I've never had anybody yeah. in my family laugh at me. But you have to initially, you kind of have to prove yourself, you know, because everybody wants to do something. And then you have to also remember that people, we come from generations of people who had big dreams and goals and never were either able to accomplish them because of their um, systemic setbacks of this society being 100%. 
they were fearful. They didn't have the support they needed. So when you hear people say something out in, in their mind is outlandish, you know, for us being a millionaire, we know we can get on TV or YouTube and just see, okay, how I need to be a millionaire. I, okay. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. They didn't have those outlets. So when somebody seems says something that's far fetched, sometimes you have to prove it and that's okay. I feel like I'm not proving myself to you or I don't feel like I need to, but when you, when, when proof is in the pudding, and they see how you you live in in a couple years, and they see how you move. That's kind of to me all the validation that I need, you know. Because yeah, people right. are gonna be like, believe me. I started off when I used to say I did YouTube and stuff. People are like, oh, okay, cool. Now it's like, oh yeah, you do. Can I get tips? And then can you help? Like it, it's gonna come. The validation that if anybody's seeking that outward validation, it's gonna come when you put the work in and you prove yourself. It's just. You know, you can't say, oh, I want to go to the Olympics, but you never understand. <laughs> that's, that, that is huge. Uh, I, man, that's like nail spot on the head, dude. Like <laughs> spot on head. Um, as far as, you know, the limiting belief piece and then also proving the concept. You have to prove the concept, not to yourself, because most times we'll have the concept proven to ourselves because we, you know, we feel like we know what to do. We just got to go through the process. Once we actually prove the concept outwardly and it starts to show, we, we start to bear the fruits of that labor, then, then everyone else is like, all right, well, yeah, he really is a, a YouTuber or he, he really is doing stuff. <clears throat> he really is uh, doing everything that he said he was going to do. So then people start to ask, exactly. Then people start to actually ask and, you know, and, and start following. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's transfer into, uh, into the, uh, the YouTube, right? Like breaking down the YouTube, the YouTube side hustle, the YouTube hustle, because I know there's a lot of, um, a lot of our listeners out there are looking for um, other means of cash flow, like passive cash flow. Can you break that down for us and like how this thing works? How can somebody like, hey, not starting off, how, how does this work? Okay, so YouTube works because um, Google owns YouTube and Google gets millions of dollars, billions of dollars in advertising budgets every month. So back in the day when we were growing up, a company like Coca-Cola would go to Viacom, which is a broadcasting company, or they would go to like Fox or CBS and they would say, hey, we want to run this ad, boom, and they would run it. So that's how we would get our advertising. Um, Nowadays, they don't do that anymore because they feel like, okay, instead of spending $50 billion, $50 million on advertising with, you know, TV, radio, whatever, we can go straight to digital because digital is taking over. 60% of our generation get most of their um, content straight from streaming platforms like Netflix and YouTube and, you know, cable is declining slowly, but it's definitely declining in viewership and things like that. So companies like Coca-Cola are now taking their ad dollars to platforms like YouTube. They're shorter ads, but they're more effective because what you can do with YouTube that you couldn't do in the past is target the exact audience that you want. So a company can say, I need, um, I want to get black women of this age, 18 to 35, and this region to see this ad this many times, which in on TV, they just kind of hope that it happened, depending on what type of shows were on. Like back in the day, that would be like, okay, advertising on Martin versus- And live in color. (laughs) (laughs) That's immediately what I thought of when he said that. I was like, all right, yeah. Versus advertising on like Ricky Lake or something, or if they need a stay at home mom, they would advertise on Oprah versus whatever. But now 
YouTube can be like, okay, these creators have this demographic, so we're going to push those ads to those channels. So those short little ads that you see, we get a percentage of those. And it's a small percentage depending on um, your viewership. Like YouTube kind of gauges like, okay, we'll give this creator $5 per thousand views. We'll give this creator um, $20 per thousand views for this type of ad. So they take that ad budget. They take 40%. They take their cut. Uh, YouTube is a, a big middleman. They take 40%. And then they'll divvy out the rest of the advertising funds to the creators. So at the end of the month, you get a spreadsheet. And I love YouTube because they're very transparent with how they break down and how they pay you out. They're not transparent about why they rate you at a certain price point, which they did a little survey. So I'm trying to get YouTube to be trans more transparent about how they pay us or why they, you know, put a certain amount of money on a certain video. But initially, the more views you have per thousand views, you get a C uh, CPM cost per mile rate and that rate generates over and over and over again how many thousand views because of the ads that are played on that video so that's why you'll see a, a, a youtuber have a million ads because they're trying to get as much of that advertising dollar as they can so it all like they calculate every single video every month and i love it because it's residual you know you could do a video now and you can still get paid off of it years from now my highest grossing video until recently was some a video i did three years ago that how to budget and save video and so they just divvy all that up and you get paid once a month and it's really nice to have that extra pocket of income at one point it was on my only income which whew, child that's a struggle i i suggest youtube if you're not like like trying to be a youtuber and going viral and stuff then it should just be a form of side hustle a way to um you know, spread your brand out. Like I said, get your SEO because people are going to click on a video faster than they would an article or a blog post. And it's just a way to leverage your business. So you can make like, say if you did YouTube, right? And you had a few videos on real estate or a few videos on your niche or just giving tips to other agents or just kind of, you can do multiple things. You, you can do whatever. And then say you get $500 a month from your at your videos, that 500, you can reinvest in your company with more advertising or more whatever. But that nice little chunk is great to say, okay, I got to pay my website fees this month. Like all my business money comes out of my YouTube check. So internet, all of the little nitty gritty stuff that it takes to run your business day to day, that money for me is isolated to run my business. So that's what I love about YouTube is like, I ain't got to touch my main money because my, my, my YouTube money is funding my business and I'm able to reallocate those funds. So I, I hope I am. <laughs> yeah, self-sufficient. I mean, because that, that's honestly uh, one of the biggest issues I see with a lot of entrepreneurs as they're starting out is they don't really understand the concept of, you know, you have a break-even point, period. In all operations, you have a break-even point. You have to create that business, lead with revenue first, reach that break-even point, then you're going to see a profit and more than likely, you should take that profit and dump it right back in the business. That's the only way you're going to scale. But a lot of people love to take that profit, put it in their pocket, or buy the new shoes, or buy the new whatever, and then the business just starts to tank, you know, or they got to keep feeding it. Because you, you have to. You have to reinvest with technology. You have to get equipment. You have to get, like, YouTube is not a cheap business to start. Um, you can do it cheap. Like, honestly, if you have an a iPhone, I always say 7 Plus or better, this is a 1080p camera turn it right around, you can do your vlog, you can set it up on a tripod, like you have free video equipment right here on your phone if you have an iPhone. Um, you know, your Mac laptops come with iMovie, which are very user-friendly to edit. So initially, if you already have these things, it can be very 
cost efficient to you. You know, if you already have a little space, like you guys have offices, set it up, do your tips or whatever you want to do. Actually vlog your day, maybe as a real estate agent. What do you do? Like people behind the scenes. But if you want like the production to be there, oh yeah, that costs money. You need an assistant, you need an editor. It can get very um, costly. And with the competition getting like I know my, some of my friends or some of the people that I know in the YouTube space, like they have employees that back up their company, their YouTube companies. Like it's turning into a real legit business. Um, so you just have to be honest with what you want to do. Don't overinvest in the beginning because YouTube is time consuming. Even me day to day, it's very hard to keep up with working on nine to five. It's not an easy thing. Um, so just be very honest of how much time do you have to dedicate to it. It could be once a month, once a week. It could be a few times a month. There definitely has to be some consistency to, to it. It's going to take a while to turn a profit, but I'm saying once it does, or say you do get a video that hits a certain um, point, I think it's 10. Now it's the threshold is 10,000 subscribers and 1, no 1,000 subscribers, 10,000 uh, watch hours and you can monetize. Um, but it is, it is a commitment but once you kind of get a flow, a workflow in it, it's, it's, it's worth it for sure. Yeah. So, so that's good. Right. Go well, I got, so you hit a few that I, I want to know if you could just hit them like quick, bow, 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 spit them off. So cost up front, mm -hmm. oh, time, time commitment that you're putting into it, like per week. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you. I lost the last one. <laughs> but if you could just cover those two. Oh, and then about how long it took you um, to before you really started to see some sort of profit or at least that break even point with those two. So what I'll do is um, it took me about two and a half, three years to see a profit. I had a viral video that I actually took down because I was, I was embarrassed. Um, and that's when I got my first like check and I was like, oh, nice. So it took me a while. Put it back up, huh? You put it right back up. <laughs> I spent that. Uh, that was different. That was a different Brittany. That wasn't business. That was exactly. like, you know, it was only like a hundred dollars because you have like a hundred dollar threshold. Okay. Um, so, what was it? Uh, that was the. It took me about two years. It's okay. like to some people it doesn't take that long, depending on how people are searching, and you can see like with uh, you Google words like what's popular so it just really depends on your hustle and your strategy because youtube is a strategy it's not just oh i post anything and then woo it's your titles tags like there's a whole strategy behind that and i give classes if people need them but you know i don't do it as much anymore but i do um so your second i know you said cost up front yep. for me it was about back then before our phones were the way they were um i got a a Canon T5i, which at the time was $800. It's like around four to five now, so it's a lot cheaper. I had a Mac desktop, which at the time I think was about a little under $1,000, and they're cheaper now. Um, you can buy a MacBook Pro with uh, with external hard drive or a Mac Air. I don't re recommend editing on a Mac Air because it takes up a lot of um, space, mm -hmm. but you can get that for under $1,000. And then I got... Um, lighting equipment which you can get like a bundle for under 150 dollars on amazon so my initial was a little under two thousand dollars my initial investment but now like i said you got everything you need right here um and you can edit on your phone your phone comes with iMovie so if you take some time and learn little skills and everything is googleable every there's a youtube video on how to do everything so sometimes people get so hung up on oh i don't know how it's on youtube you can YouTube literally every step of the process. You want to know how to cut, paste, 
put transition do all that and it takes time so nobody's going to make an extremely great video in the beginning my videos in the beginning were horrible with women we have to learn how to do our makeup for video um, because it's very different than day-to-day -day makeup you have to learn lighting you have to learn it's really you're basically you're a production company so you have to think about it director stylist, wardrobe stylist hair makeup um, sound you're your own sound person your own lighting your gaffer your own lighting person you're your own you're basically taking a movie set and you're everything you're the talent everything so it's just scaled down um and then it was a you had a yeah, second one. yeah so so the last two i guess go hand in hand how much time do you commit now to your to your craft but at the same time how do you manage all of that time especially between active duty grad school you know you got the puppy in the background how are you managing all of your time uh throughout this whole process so thankfully i have no children and i don't have a husband so free time on my hands however i know people that have both that still kill the youtube game so it's not an excuse like people always like well i have this you can make it work um i want to say in order to be success it just depends on how fast you edit how fast how, how long your videos are how much you put into them uh it could take me from anywhere from two hours is quick for me to edit two hours is really really quick i would say three to five sometimes depending on the length of the video what i'm doing in the video um, and then setting up the video, uploading, making thumbnails, which are thumbnails are the little squares that we click on to see the video, doing research, because you have to, should do your research before you even push, push record. Um, so I want to say, I used to be very strict. There was one point where I, on active duty, I just did it in my free time, like when I got home from work or on the weekends. Um, I want to say there. I was one point I was really strict. As soon as I came home from work, I went in my room. I gave myself like a 30 minute break to kind of woosaw, eat something. And then I was from five to nine. And so I did a calculation. If you did, if you did or focus on YouTube or did anything from five to nine, Monday through Friday, that's about 20 hours. And then it's really like being, I don't know, it just depends. But I would say to be successful and consistent, you need like 20 hours a week. You need, it's like another job. It's like you have to clock in to something else because you have to film. Filming can take time depending on how many takes you need. Um, so I would have a schedule like that. If somebody wanted to start it and be very consistent and had the time, I would say as soon as you got home, take a break, you know, woosaw, women get, you know, woosaw, but then get yourself ready and then get on camera and then make it like a part-time job. And, and then, then on weekends if you had time to put in that extra work. So now, now this, the, the money that you see from YouTube, I know you said it was your main, your main source of income at one time, but now we know that you are on uh, active guard reserve orders, right? You're on AGR orders, So it's basically active duty for you. Right. So uh, with that money that you're, you're getting now transfer, I'm, I've, you've talked real estate a, a couple of times in some of your videos. How are you, are you using that money? Some of that cash flow to uh, switch to transfer that over to real estate or what, what are you, what are you doing that? It's just, or that's just an extra stream of income. Like, What's Real estate your... is something that's in my future. I believe I believe it's more than my wealth, and that's one of the top ways to build wealth. So for me, I'm not in, in real estate at all at this point, but it is something in my future. However, for me, I use it to reinvest in other businesses. Um, I have a few things that I'm thinking about long term that I'm doing the groundwork for, um, getting like the LLC together, getting the logos made, you know, like all the nitty gritty stuff that people forget. And it's like small costs, but those small costs add up like websites and design and all of that. So some of those funds are allocated to that. 
um, some of the funds are allocated to save for more camera equipment. Um, like we have these plugins on YouTube that like the cool transitions or the cool, anything that, any extras that you see outside of the video, like anything that pops up, anything that makes a noise is all editing, right? It all goes in the post-production process. So that's sometimes an investment. Um, websites, of course, like just my social media brand. I have to buy clothing because that's a part of, you know, wardrobe is a part of what I do as well, which is all tax deductible. Hello, people like get it together. Um, events, I buy event tickets with that money. Um, sometimes gas or if I have like a business meeting, like I treat YouTube like a legit business and I do my taxes on it. And that's another thing. That's another stream of income. When you take losses in the first couple of years, if you have the right documentation, you can, that's an asset. Like my lighting equipment, my cameras, all those are assets that I put on my taxes. That's a tax write-off. You know, like if people just luck looked at it like that and kind of finessed it, not finesse, finesse is a bad word. IRS, I'm not finessing anything. <laughs> um, I'm doing everything legit, but if you just, if people thought of it more as an, a business investment and, and basically like, I guess, uh, took care of their, their source, their, what am I trying to say? Their resources and had everything documented properly, man, it's just another business, but I, I definitely reinvest and I try to stay away from, um, paying bills, but I do pay my internet bill with that money because I feel like that's, I can't do my, that job without the internet. Um, but there's been times in the past where that was my only source of income and that used to pay some of my bills and I didn't have money to reinvest. So anybody that's in the beginning stages, and again, the beginning stages could be one to five to 10 years. Um, I did the whole leap of faith thing, quit active duty and tried to do it full time. Luckily I was in, in New York. So I lived off my GI bill for two years. And then I did that transition where all YouTube was all I was doing. And I did not have that fairy tale like shot directly you know, up and, and was able to sustain it. I had to get two jobs coming off active duty. My college educated behind with officer experience had to be a waitress and an assistant manager at Rainbow just to survive. So it's not always glamorous. I don't, I don't recommend anybody just quitting cold turkey. It, it, we all have bills. And especially if you've been on active duty, you've accumulated bills. So you have to sustain and maintain or your credit score is going to go down like mine did. Because uh, you take those L's in, in business and entrepreneurship sometimes, you know. But they're all lessons, though. All lessons. They're lessons, but you if you don't have to hurt yourself in the process of making those lessons and it just takes you a little longer, take that time. So what like, you're saying... Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so what you're saying, um, and I love how you're framing this, right? It's almost like setting it perfectly for, for um, what we've what we've been kind of preaching, and uh, basically we've been preaching, hey, you can start your business while you're in the military, right? So, for example, you said it's, it takes you what one to it can take anywhere from one to five years, maybe to to get you to a point where you could probably survive uh, off of just purely whatever your side hustle is, right? So. Let's say if you would have did that or if you did do that, you said, I know you said you wish you would have found out about it like when you first started, but let's say you did find out about it when you, when you first started uh, active duty, you might've been to a point where you could have got out comfortably and not been, you know, assistant manager at Rainbow or, or whatever, you know, whatever that was. How do you feel? What are your thoughts on that? Like if you guys have that nine, like that, our first and the 15th money, use that to invest in your business. Like don't buy random shit at the PX. Don't you know, scale it back. Like if you really want to be an entrepreneur and you really want to get off active duty or get out of the military, you need to act like it right now and use that money to invest in your business because it's nothing worse 
than trying to, you can't be creative and you can't, there's, there's the hustle muscle dies when you're trying to figure out how you're going to feed yourself or you're trying to figure out how you paying your rent. The last thing you want to do when you're in those situations is create videos. Like being a creative person and I'm kind of getting off of real estate because as real estate agent, y'all could go out there and hustle and talk to people. But it's very, it's very nice to just, okay, at least my bills are paid. So say if you have a downtime, like I told you guys on active duty, I was diagnosed with mild depression and it does spike every now and again. It's so nice to just kind of have those days where I'm not beating myself up because I need a day to regroup or something happens to me. I'm a very um, emotional and very open, like I'm not that tough all the time. And you know, you guys, it's like sometimes, sometimes we need to reset. And when you're self-employed or when you work for yourself, you don't have that cushion to sometimes reset or take a step back. So while you have that income coming in and it's consistent, you know, don't go out and get the nice cars. Wait on that. Like, but, I, but I need my Dodge Charger, though. <laughs> I, need, I need the 24s. Right. I, I need the 315s. <laughs> you guys a great lesson. I was a lieutenant. So I had more money, you know, than the privates and the, and the young soldiers or whatever. And at the time, I had, uh, I first, when I got on active duty, because well, what did we get, Mike? We got that money when we first got on active duty. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. from USA, yeah. right? Yeah. I had that. When I got a horrible deal for a Hyundai Sonata, had that all through Bullock. But then when I got on active duty, I was like, well, I got extra money. Don't do that. That's Lifestyle crazy. creep. Lifestyle increase, right? So I'm like, I got this extra money. I really want to be in I think I deserve at 20 fucking three years old I deserve a BMW so I went out with my friend I bought a BMW loved it oh that that oh it was saddle brown interior sports package bells and whistles popping and I could afford it I was good I could pay the payments but just because you can afford the payments don't mean you can afford it so the warranty goes out and I'm like, oh, I don't want a car this expensive with a warranty. Because if anybody knows, or if you don't know, if you have a luxury vehicle or a foreign car, maintenance is ridiculously expensive. I was like, oh, I don't want to pay for maintenance and all this other stuff. Because it's really nice when you first have your car. When you first get the BMW, they do everything for you for the first 50,000 miles. You just take it in. They just handle it, whatever. So I got another one. Negative. Yeah. <laughs> all over, right? I wasn't expecting that. Oh, yeah, got another one and still have it. Actually, this is a great story. I'm actually getting rid of it very soon. But um, what ended up happening is I got it, I got it right off, right before I got off active duty. I got it in December. I got off active duty that September. So I didn't see this coming. My income significantly changed. Mm-hmm. So I got off active duty because my, I just couldn't take it, right? So my money going from a, sec- a first lieutenant to an E5 with dependent pay in my GI bill, I was able to still make my payments, but my what income went down $1,000 at first initially. And then after that, I was done with grad school, it was gone, there was no income. So yes, I could afford it when I was on active duty, but what ended up happening is I couldn't afford anything once I didn't have that stream of income. I didn't have, I've had, and I did internships and did all that stuff. But the job that I could get, because they lie to you, military experience does not equal um, civilian experience. They want you to have legit experience, not mm-hmm. just, you know, leadership and man, that's all, all that is a load of crap. They want you to have the experience <laughs> in the job field that you're trying to go for. So, um, yeah, like payments were late. Like I ended up really hurting my credit because I had a lifestyle that I could afford because I wasn't done with my money when I was a lieutenant, but I didn't need the stuff that I got. You know, I did not need that stuff. 
and it was just a ripple effect. Luckily now I'm in a good place, but it took me going back and forth from different jobs and being on orders and doing things to kind of get myself set up financially because when being an entrepreneur, like you guys know, there are months where you do great and there's weeks where you do great and there's times where your video skyrockets and you get a check and you're like, ooh, I'm doing it. And then there's sometimes you don't get nothing. And that's the roller coaster and things that I wasn't um, ready for. And then the emotional toll that takes on you when you're a grown adult who's always been independent and you can't take care of yourself anymore. You know, like you used to, it takes a toll on your your mental state. And I can imagine as a man, like you guys are providers innately. so. It was, it's, it was rough. It wasn't always easy. It wasn't always glamorous. Even on my videos, you know, I had to put on a bright smile, but there were times where it was very dark and it was very scary. Um, I got through it, thankfully, but it's still a grind each and every day, even five years in, you know. And you hit, you hit a couple solid points. So back in the, in the beginning, when you were just talking about how you were treating this money as if it was going to always come, and, you know, as a self-employed individual, that money ain't always going to be there. So Robert Kiyosaki talks about the whole, you know, the quadrant, you know, entrepreneur, self-employed, business owner to investor. While you're working on that left side, that ENS, you need to be constantly feeding. It's a long-term play, right? Then you're talking about you buying BMWs and Mercedes Benzes and all this stuff for, for months and years. Balling for the gram. It's just doing it. <laughs> and then, it makes you feel good. But see, that's a lot of times these things are so subconscious. Like we're doing it because we see somebody else do it. But then again, another book, Millionaire Next Door. The average millionaire rocks a Ford F-150, right? And that's an expensive truck. Don't get it twisted. But nonetheless, it's a very common, just a generic type of truck, right? And then you say that the millionaire experience. Huh? Maintenance is cheap on that car. That's yeah, maintenance is cheap, right. It's a domestic car, right? And then, and, then you, and then you say the military experience doesn't necessarily translate to a guaranteed job. And I think that's one of the biggest false uh, securities I think that we have as servicemen and women is that we, we do this job for so many years and it can happen one or two ways. One, we either lack the confidence to be able to find a job. So we think that it's non-transferable or we're overconfident where we think, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years. I can easily go get a job that mimics mine and it's not necessarily the case so those right. are some all really, really strong points or there might be a, there might be a job that you really want to do but you have zero experience and you're starting over yeah. like i had to start over and i'm like i'm making less than i was when i was in rotc this is crazy like i'm and then your age plays a part right you're like i'm this old i have a degree i have this much experience i was a receptionist, and then after leaving rainbow and everything i was a receptionist slash social media person at a TV station, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm a damn reception. Like you really, you know, so you're right. Sometimes it, it doesn't, it, sometimes it doesn't humble you though. Sometimes it really takes a toll on your men in your, on your mental state. Mm -hmm. Um, but it does feed that grind muscle. Sometimes it does make you go harder. I know during those points I was really putting in work with my YouTube, but it was a big sacrifice when it came to time and the things that I want. I, there was no extra room for, the stuff that I love to do just wasn't, you know, I didn't have that cushion. I couldn't travel anymore. I couldn't take the four day weekends and mm -hmm. buy a plane ticket. All of that went out the window. It's not, not. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's a, uh, I, I believe that's a common misconception too. a really big uh, misconception. A lot of people fall, fall prey to society pushes us. Hey, you do this, 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 and this, then you should be able to get out and do this. Right. Um, and a lot of times it just doesn't work out that way. And I've known several, you know, a lot of uh, service members get out and, you know, they're thinking, Hey, yeah, I can easily make at least what I'm making now. And then 
you know, it doesn't really work that way. Um, so definitely, definitely believe it. Yeah. So, so, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we're one of the highest paid, like when, especially in the officer side, I was watching a news story one day mm. and they were saying how the highest paid uh, college graduates, they said were West Pointers, like where they were in the top four. Everybody that graduates from ROTC and goes active duty, we all have the same pay. So we were one of the highest paid, you know, demographics as young people, like sometimes 21 years old, 23, 24 years old. So you think that when you go and get those entry level positions or you're trying to transfer into management, and especially as people tell it's a lot harder. I'm sorry, it just is. Um, not all the time, but it can be. And you you don't always get that same thing. And then the, I can go on for days about pay and leave. And I will say that if anybody can bear the military while they're trying to put the groundwork on what they want to do, it's one of the... It, it can be taunting on your mental health, 100%. Go get, go to Military One Source, go seek mental health if you health issues if you are, ever deal with that. I did, it was great. But one thing I will say about the military is the one place where it's fair pay, no matter your age, gender, race, or anything like that, you get paid for your time and service. And in the civilian world, unfortunately, it's not like that. So that was a safety net for me, for sure. But go ahead, I'm sorry. No, so I was, I was gonna ask, yeah, you're fine. Those are definitely uh, great, uh, great points. Um, 100% agreed. You know, you, you get out, you get out of college, ROTC, you're making about what, 65 or so, 65,000 maybe as a second lieutenant coming in. Um, and a lot of my peers didn't make that even after they got master's degree. So 100% um, agreed. The military is a great starting place, especially if you're going the ROTC route. But um the final final question we got here. So we got there's a we, we all are trying to build seven streams of income for the most part. Everybody's trying to build seven streams of income. Obviously, we talk real estate all the time, but then there's also other streams like YouTube that can supplement uh, that as well, which you are which you are great at. And what well, you have about 90,000 followers right now, I believe. So um, what are some tips? Let, let's let's say that the number one thing that you could you would say to someone that's just starting out that wants to mimic or, or kind of get to where you're at? Um, just start, start now. Time doesn't wait for anybody. Time is going to pass. Um, and you can't, you can, you can, they all, we're always told to study people who did it well, right? Study what works and definitely do that. Like have a strategy. Don't just throw paint to the wall and hoping something's going to stick, like really have a strategy behind it. However, be your authentic self, because no matter if I can give you the blueprint does not mean it, it's going to take you as long as me. It doesn't mean that you're going to be as successful or less successful, whatever that word success is to you. And then also define your own level of success. Success for you might not be being a full-time YouTuber or what, or success to you might not be uh, making a million dollars a year. So don't focus on what other people are doing and define that as success. Really go deep and say, what is going to satisfy me um, as a person? And what do I truly believe and desire as a person? And set your bar to that and work towards that because what I'm doing may not work for some people, what you're doing and you know, vice versa. And that's something that I'm learning now at 31 is you know, sometimes we see all these great things and we see people doing all these great things. So we strive to have what they have. And on that journey, it can be very um, 
depleting sometimes, you know, looking to your left and your right. And you can't win a race by looking behind you or looking to your left and your right. You have to just look forward and know what God placed in your heart and know what vision he has for you. And for me, I started, one thing I didn't talk about is I really started YouTube to build my hosting career. Cause when I was in New York in grad school, I, that was what I want. That's why my name is Brittany, the host. I really wanted to like host red carpets and be on TV. And so I did all the lake work, um, in New York to figure out that process. And that's how I ended up at the TV station down in Austin is going to a smaller market. But through that process, I learned what I didn't like and what I wanted to do. So another thing is try stuff like young people out there. If you think you want to do it, just try it. It doesn't always have to work out, but you definitely have to define what that is and have a vision for yourself, have a vision for your life and work on yourself every single day. Motivation with it. What is the saying? My motivation come, it comes and goes with discipline is forever. Mm-hmm. Um, or discipline gets the job done because you're not going to be motivated all the time. You're not going to want to make the sales calls. You're not going to want to, you know, I was like literally laying on the couch dead sick, but I was like, I made a commitment to be on this podcast. Like we're going to get up and do it. So sometimes it just takes a little grit and getting out there and going for it. You know, you have to really put your head down a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation. I listen to motivational things every single morning on YouTube and just really getting your mind in the right space and being positive, you know, having faith. Damn. So taking action, um, finding what you want to do in life, right? Like your true goals. And then, uh, the last one you just said, uh, you pretty much gave us three of them. Faith in yourself. Staying motivated. Like you have to be solid. If you're not solid here. Everything is going to go to putty. So if you're not giving yourself positive talks, if you're not feeding your mind with positivity, like you can't put junk into your mind, expect to get excellence out. It's not going to happen. Feed your body, mind, and soul what it needs to survive because it's a race. I mean, it's a marathon. It's not a race. So you need the endurance. And there's going to be times where you're not going to make any money. You need to have the right mind to be like, I got this. I can do it. If God placed it in my heart, you know, I can do anything. Whatever your religious background is, you have to go and, um, you know, just really put put in your mind. True. The marathon continues. So, Brittany, the host, where can we find out more about you? Our listeners, uh, our subscribers want to find out more about you. Where can we go to? How do, how do we get in touch with you? Um, anybody can email me at BrittanyTheHost at gmail.com. Um, if they want any YouTube things, I do do services depending on what they're looking for. I do uh, coaching and things, but you can find me on Instagram at BrittanyTheHost. You can find me on YouTube for sure, Brittany the host. If you guys want to just check check out what I've done, look at the journey. And I also save um, videos too, like motivational videos. If you, people want to see what I listen to day to day on Twitter, I always share in the mornings um, what I listen to with my audience. So I'm always blasting like those little Steve Harvey uh, motivational things and things out there like that. And then my podcast is on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, Brittany the host podcast. So everything is Brittany the host. If you want to yeah. find excellent excellent hey i'm gonna start something new real quick i'm just gonna do a quick selfie because i'm really crappy with uh putting stuff online so just gonna do that oh let me see this here you go i'm gonna the mic glassy thing say cheese everybody uh got it all right cool hey so um definitely look at (laughs) definitely look up uh britney the host make sure you make make sure you follow her on on youtube hit that subscribe button also for those of you guys who are listening out there um on podcasts or on youtube uh make sure to hit that subscribe button that you see down below um make sure to hit the like leave any comments i'm sure britney will answer for you um if not again you can always look her up uh at britney the host tags are right down here so with that 
thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, this is Thanks Dan. For having me. I, had so much fun. I love this stuff. Love it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. With that, this is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspie signing off. <laughs>